0: Good morning from Good Medicine is Cheaper Medicine, or WHBC. Uh, I'm Nash Gabriel with the Gabriel Cancer Center, and with me is Shelly Wrench, is the administrator there. And uh, today is another episode, and Shelly, we decided that we will discuss, what does the word access to care, to health care, means?
1: Correct, and all the different... Pentacles that, that or guides that get us into access to care or prohibit us from getting access to care and, and there are so many things out there that do prohibit good access
0: and Shelly, honestly also there are uh, there are different different definitions of access to care right uh, depending on the it's in the eyes of the beholder right yeah. our definition of access to care is well, many definitions, but our essential definition is: the higher the cost, the more compromise is the access. Correct. That's one definition. But there are other definitions. Tell me.
1: Well, well, you, I was just thinking about the the new um, the new thought process that's going throughout the country, especially with large employers. Um, what's, I think it was Lowe 's or Home Depot um, and was it Walmart that that they have that graph now It has high quality low cost low cost or low quality high cost in, in between you know and they they actually want to give better access to those facilities even if they have to fly people to get a procedure or done or testing done. It's much more cost-effective if they choose high-quality, low-cost and pay for airplane tickets for the caregiver, the family. They're still well ahead of the cost than to have it next door. So,
0: Charlie, for the listeners, this is a very fascinating story. It was a combination of, uh, I think you're right, Home Depot with Walmart, where they looked into two two, uh, medical procedures, open-heart surgery and back surgery. They looked into, they want to know, why is it that the cost in some, cost of the surgery in some institutions is almost always twice that of other institutions. And in those days, in fact, it was after I published my book, Good Medicine, Cheaper Medicine. In those days, not many people were convinced about my contention that when you spend too much money, you might be doing a lot of harm to patients. So they decided that maybe that those expensive institutions have better outcome. When they did the analysis, shocking to them that actually the most expensive institutions had the worst outcomes. Now, measuring outcomes, Shelley, as you know, is always a challenge. How do you measure outcomes? There's confection, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. These guys, Walmart and uh, Home Depot, they said right. we will only look at one outcome. How soon did the patient go back to work? And lo and behold, and they found that indeed, the most most inexpensive, the same procedure, the most inexpensive resulted in a quicker time for patients to go to work. And as you mentioned, they decided to tell the employees, Hey, listen, if you have open-heart surgery, and this is the list of the institutions that we prefer, because they are the best in terms of quality and cost, if you go there, you will pay zero out of your pocket. If they are out of your town, that actually Walmart and Home Depot subsidize a flight for the patient and the spouse or companion doesn't have to be spouse. In addition to meals and lodging and so on, it works like charm. The Southern California Board of Education did a similar study, got the same conclusions.
1: And you know. What? It really, we're, we're actually already re- replicating that in our own backyard with, with our on-site clinics that we have. We have a network of facilities that's lower cost and better outcomes. So we've already done, we're already doing that with our, right. own, our own employers in the area.
0: Uh, it's easier for us <coughs> because we are a small town and we pretty much know everybody, providers, hospitals, and so on. You, so you you yeah you you become more more selective. But you made a great point that is, when the employers identified cost-effective places that provide better care and better outcomes, the patients end up spending no money on the procedures they needed. Correct. If they didn't do that before that, patients always had to pay a copayment. Now. The employers, they still respect patients' opinion and patients' preference. So when they told them, Walmart and others, when they told their employees, hey, listen, if you go there at the best, you will pay zero and we'll subsidize and so on. But if you still are in love with the very expensive institution that the results we don't think are that good, uh, you will have to uh, pay 20 30% of the cost.
1: Yeah, and one of our current clients, I mean, they spelled it out at the open enrollment. They they were very, very adamant. If if you go through the on-site clinic, through one of the network facilities to the on-site clinic, there's zero out-of-pocket. They now also have a TPA that does the same thing. So if you call the TPA and go to the facility that the TPA refers you to, zero out-of-pocket. So it's becoming very, very blatant to the employees. There There's a little bit of hiccups. They're kind of quibbling a little bit about it, not understanding this whole new concept, but in the end, the dollars count. They know that they're going to have to pay out of their pockets, so they're, they're actually listening and, and doing what we know is to be right.
0: Speaking of dollars and dollars count, um, there's always been talk <coughs> about, as you mentioned with the experiment or with the observation that was made by <coughs> Home Depot, there's always been talk about that there are some physicians who Inherently, are more expensive for the same service they provide. And in fact, in my book, Goodness mm-hmm. in Cheaper Medicine, I did address this ten years ago, when I said, generally speaking, talented physicians it will take them a few minutes to see a patient once, figure it out. Less talented, it might take them three, four visits, zillion testing, few specialists until they figure it out. Just imagine, where is the cost?
1: Yeah, think think about um, uh, the one facility in Texas. I believe it was in Texas where the they are completely outside the norm in cost in healthcare costs, and mm-hmm. they did a study to try to figure all this out. And it was because just all the over testing that they had the whole facility was like all the physicians there had a mentality of testing, testing, testing.
0: Yeah, America is is basically uh, thousands of pockets of different styles of practicing medicine uh, the philosophy, to be honest with you, I think you agree with this the, the predominant philosophy is everybody wants to cash the most they can from the, from the healthcare budget, now remember one thing the healthcare budget, whether it is CMS, that's Medicare, Medicaid, Center for Medicare, Medicaid Services, or whether it is insurance companies or whether it is self-funded the plan by the employers all those entities, there is a pie that's fixed. They only have so much money to spend every year. So when there are institutions or entities <coughs> that, have, that incur exuberant costs to the system, that money is taken away from patients who will need care. I'll give you a simple example. How much time do our staff spend pre-authorizing standard medication to give to patients? A lot. A lot. If we all, physicians, hospitals, institutions, and all, all, all healthcare institutions, if we all were really responsible citizens, rather than everybody who wants to take things their way, if we were all responsible about the system, can you imagine how easier it would be for us to deliver... The real scientific and needed care. So what's happening is payers, insurance companies, uh, and the government are becoming very stringent. Of course, they cannot—they um, they they, cannot—what uh, uh, do you call it? Um, they cannot discriminate or they, they cannot profile, because it will be easy, right? Um, if if the insurance will say, all right. We think, Dr. XYZ, when we look at the services they provide, and you can do those numbers. And when you compare them with the rest, they are outliers. You would think, okay, outliers consistently, I don't want them to be in the system. They don't do that. What payers do, the insurance companies, they treat everybody equal. So they ration the services for the best and the worst at the same level. This is basically socialism in the name of <coughs> no profiling. Somehow profiling has become a real bad word, although it is a real statistical thing.
1: Right. You know, another another thing that really prohibits um, access to proper care, I even should say, is um, when the insurance companies uh, decide on maybe even site of care or where they're to get their drugs. You know, there, there's more and more insurance companies that are mandating that uh, some infusions are given in the home and here it's it's medications that we've been giving for the past 20 plus years inside an infusion suite who is the patient is being watched over by by you or a healthcare provider and now we're sending to that patient home to have an infusion that could have a reaction and who do you have there with you a medical
0: assistant a nurse
1: I don't know how much equipment she's taking, but yeah, I don't think actually, that she
0: has. Shirley, I think you and I agree that those procedures actually end up being more expensive. Um, I explained to you how I was involved with uh, a drug company called Bayer. They asked me to be a consultant to explain to a big insurance company who also happened to own an infusion. Services, they asked me to explain to them this new drug for lymphoma that we give it once a week, uh, stuff like that, and and how to watch for the hypertension, blood blood pressure, and so on. And I was struck when the gentleman from the insurance company he said, "But Gabriel, do you think this uh, this drug can be infused at home?" And I said, "To be honest with you." I really think everybody should abide by the rule that any infusion of a foreign chemical should be done under strict supervision of professional healthcare providers, meaning physician, nurse practitioner, who actually know how to manage emergencies. And, and
1: have the proper equipment with them. And have the proper the equipment. Yes.
0: You send a nurse to a house, and you know his response was? But he said, it's money saving for us. And that's I told him, I said, no, I can show you the statistics, the studies, that actually is more expensive when you, when you do those infusions at home. But then he reminded me of something. But he said, that Gabriel, you're comparing community infusion centers like yours to home infusion. He said, yes, you are more cost-effective. But he said, when you, when you compare giving those infusions in the hospital... Especially right. big academic centers, he said the cost there is outrageous, and you know you, you and I know how outrageous the cost of healthcare delivery is uh, at big institutions. And in fact, I think I can safely say the cost of care is directly proportional to the square footage of any building.
1: <laughs> True.
0: And and if you look like. If a patient has lung cancer and we give them, and we have this experiment done before, we give them carbotaxol, let's say, and I've asked them, cost is X. Same treatment, exactly same schedule, the same dose, <clears throat> the same patient. You deliver that treatment at big institution like clinic, Ohio State, wherever it is, I would estimate the, the cost will be two, threefold. At least...
1: Well, well, think about the, the, the insurance company that contacted me a few months ago, and they said, you know, we want. To, would you be able to infuse just about any medication in your infusion suite because we understand that the hospital is going to be such a higher cost. And so they're, they're driving people who are not even our patients initially to come in to have their infusions done in our infusion not, suite.
0: Yes, they're doing that, not as prompt and fast as you and I want it to be. I mean, I do realize uh, we have a CAT scan at at GCC, right, at our center. We discovered that, on average, the cost of the CAT scan when done in any of the local hospitals is about threefold higher, meaning 300% higher than when it's done through our center. Now, some insurances are picking up on this, and they are telling their their, their enrollees, hey, you need a CAT scan. If you go to Gabriel Cancer Center, actually, you will get – much less copay, pay, especially when it gets out of pocket when it comes to co- co- and, and, and all that yeah
1: and they 're they're, they're doing a suggesting they 're not mandating, but they give them the real facts if you go to this facility, which is hospital owned or hospital affiliation you 're going to owe three or four times more than if you go to you know Gabriel Cancer Center, a top tier preferred provider that it is not affiliated at all with the hospital yeah.
0: remember last week I think money we were
1: money money talks
0: right. <laughs> Last week, we were talking to our guest, uh, Dale Bellis, from Liberty Health Savings. And and Dale was saying, basically bragging that it's it's, it's, it's a good, healthy brag, that they put patients or human beings responsible in the driver's seat, responsible for their health and for the cost, cost of their health. When you go back to the story, your experience with the CAT scans, there is a lot more acceptance from the patients to have the CAT scan done at our place rather than where their family doc wanted to be done, which is your hospital. There is more acceptance if the patient has not met their out-of-pocket because they right. will pay the whole thing. So they, they watch. The bill for the hospital, they give them estimate. Right? I think that information is available online, right? right. Average seven $800 while done for single-body part is about $250 to $60. That makes a big, big difference. But as they was saying... If the patient knows that the insurance company will take care of them, will pay everything in full, <clears throat> right? I mean, they will say, huh, why would I go to a cheaper place? Maybe it's not as good. Why are they cheaper? Well, they are. we are cheaper because the government decided to give differential payment fee schedule to the hospitals compared to private offices.
1: Well, even think about the pushbacks uh, from some of the physicians, the ordering physicians of those CAT scans that are being referred to us, um, I hear a lot of feedback saying, oh, it c- they can't have the same quality of, of instruments or CAT scanner Of course or, they would claim that. Because, and, and I tell the patients, we have the same accreditation as, as the hospital. We're ACR accredited. And very
0: professional radiologists who do it. But, but Shelley, back to the <clears throat> access to care. Just think about that. Look at the, even Medicare themselves or the insurance companies they put such a big difference in the reimbursement or the cost of doing testing that actually they are themselves compromising patients access so currently the average um, insured human being in america not medicare but the others or medicare region was too the average they, they, their annual out of pocket is somewhere between 3500 to 5000 five is, is that is that a good estimate i think so yeah right And at the same time, you look at insurances not doing their due diligence by telling patients which places are more cost-effective. And in fact, it almost always goes back to the patients who should look at the website. But the point I'm making is is that the government and insurances are the ones who are actually failing to make healthcare more more cost-effective – which will make access even better. As long as there is money transaction, that is a limit, limiting factor to access to care.
1: Yeah, and even some of those websites, uh, I have noticed a lot of politics being played. Um, when when some of the insurance mm-hmm. companies do have that information online, like uh, put in your CPT code or, or what procedure you're having done, and it's supposed to populate the facilities in whatever zip code you put in. When I've tested it, I see a lot of hospitals there. I don't see a whole lot of individual non-hospital affiliated facilities such as ours.
0: Well, there are there – are, uh, I, I, it's amazing. I have talked to some uh, elected politicians about this difference. I think we explained this before. If we sell our cancer center to any hospital, our revenues will go up immediately by 40%, even if we came the same, keep the same staff and the same uh, physician and, and so on and so forth. Uh, elected officials actually who are involved in healthcare policy, they told me, wow, I didn't know that. It's, um, it's, it's remarkable and amazing, but I tell you what, Shari, I'm very optimistic that the current CMS leadership has a totally different mindset. I think it all goes back to the to President Trump who was really setting agenda. Use common sense, be pragmatic, and minimize special interest. And I see already changes happening. And I think we will see more and more of those positive changes. Simple. The more we lower the cost of care, the better access patients will have. If Medicare and the insurance companies will do their due diligence and equalize the the, 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 the the reimbursement to physicians and hospitals equally do you know how much saving there will be to the system that saving will be sitting money sitting there, which means the insurance and Medicare they will not have to start nibbling on on what we do for necessary services for the patient because there will be money the problem now is they are spending the money right and left uh, almost uselessly so when you when when patients need access and when patients need care, that money doesn't exist.
1: You know, talking about um, monetary ties to access to care, the people who are hurt the most are those who have Medicare HMOs, because especially in our world of cancer, to try to get a, a therapy paid with financial assistance, it's 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 not allowed. The pharmaceutical company is not allowed to put dollars directly towards patient assistance for anyone on a government program. So Medicare HMOs...
0: Surely, could you repeat that? Because most people don't believe you.
1: Yeah. Government does not allow pharmaceutical companies to support any financial assistance for patients.
0: So our producer gets cancer, God forbid, right? And he comes, and he's 40-year-old. And he requires, let's say, we have to give them Herceptin, Optivo, one of this cost... $11,000 a month. His uh, co-pay is 10%, so that's $1,000 a month. He makes only $40,000. He can't afford that. There are special assistance programs, usually funded by drug companies, that will actually subsidize his co-pay, right? Right, for commercial insurances only. I'm saying he's 40-year-old, he has commercial insurance. But if he's 65, he's Medicare or Medicaid, even less than 65, or Medicare HMO, the government does not allow the, these charity organizations. The pharmaci- pharmaceutical companies. Well, the charity organizations are subsidized by the government. They will not allow them to subsidize the copay. When the I mentioned that to an elected congressman, he said, no way. There's no way the government will do this. I well, said, look at the website.
1: Yeah, there, 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 are, there are a few um, charity organizations that have funds to help Medicare HMOs. And Medicare only, but it's the funds run out at the beginning of the month, just like that
0: because there are a lot of patients fifty five percent of cancer patients are there, seniors
1: there are there are offices that have their staff on January first at six o'clock in the morning start calling yeah. up to get those funds or going online to grab those funds by the, by by noon the funds are gone
0: just like the uh, Black Friday after Thanksgiving everybody's there at six o'clock yeah. in the morning to grab all exactly. Medicare yeah.
1: But, but it's just sad because it breaks my heart. We have these Medicare patients or Medicare HMO patients, and the access is definitely hindered, if not having to change completely, because of the non-supportive financial dollars coming from, from pharma.
0: And, Shelley, somebody might say, well, access is not good. From the moral, professional point of view, people would say we have to make sure that people have access. But I go one step further. When access to care is compromised, the society ends up paying higher cost. Someday, you and I will, uh, will have a special program here about the on-site clinics. The whole concept revolves about one thing. If you provide access at affordable rate, you actually save money in different ways. Number one, uh, through the... Ma- you know, but managing the pharmacy benefit, the right. generics. Number two, when people are seen, when they have access and they are seen as needed promptly and without limits and at no cost to them, unless they are really self-indulgent persons or not self-indulging, the people who really don't care about themselves, they will go and see the doc for their any ailments. Can you imagine if you ignore your hypertension, what will happen? Disaster is waiting. Stroke, heart attack. You get stroke or bleed in the brain, you're talking about $100,000 cost. You get a heart attack, will require stents and open heart surgery and so on, another hundred or $200,000. So, access to care, actually, promoting access to care can save money, and it does, and again, I don't want to talk about the the on-site clinics because that's a total surgery by itself. But that was that is what actually convinced employers to invest in those clinics, so that their employees total access even to medications, all the medications, and, labs. And, and lab testing, lab
1: testing is at huge.
0: a very very low cost to the employer through our ability to contract for them at decent levels, and these patients. You know they they can be seen twice a day, right? Do we have a new role? I mean, we don't ration the number of visits.
1: You know, it's it's interesting. Our our guest last week with Dale, Dale Bellis with Liberty Health Share. It's interesting that he himself knows all the intricacies of healthcare dollars being spent, yet he went above and beyond even for his own employees to have access, unlimited access to care through the Liberty Clinic. That, to me, is profound when he sees not only through the health care sharing that they're, that they're doing with their own members, but he puts it upon his employees to have good health care at no cost to them. They just have a monthly capitated membership rate.
0: And you know what? He might claim that he's altruistic, and I believe that Dale is altruistic, but it was also business decision. Dale and people like him know very well if you if you promote access by lowering cost, and of course adults at the clinics by having the clinic of the on the, on the factory.
1: And I think it's I think it's interesting to we need to note too about access to the cancer care at GCC because access to uh, I always talk to other administrators across across the country and they say that it takes six weeks to be seen by either a new patient or established patients. We see new patients same day. Established patients, I always joke and I say, sometimes they just walk right in. They sit down, they get seen.
0: I get frustrated when I hear that, that, when I hear that patients have to wait for two, three weeks to see cancer specialists. I, I don't know how those people are, patients are thinking. Wait for three weeks to be told whether they have cancer or not. What do you think of that? Exactly. Not good. Not good. But we try our best. That the new patients, we see them within 48 hours. And our established patients, we see them exactly the same day if they can make it. That's good access to care. That's access to care, too. Okay, that's the end of our program uh, for today. Uh, Shelley, I do believe that we have to have another one about about access, more ramifications, but that's for another week. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, See you next week.